in today's show. We're looking at all of the action, the weird action, from Thursday. An update on Kevin Durant. It's bad. An update on Steven Adams. It's also bad. An update on Isaiah Stewart. Guess what? It's bad. And an update on Mo Bumba. It's bad, but you probably don't care. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble, on TikTok at redrock underscore beeble, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Fanjul Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanjul.com slash locked on today to get started. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. And available on all platforms. So, weird week, weird day, lots to talk about, stuff to talk about that I'm not sure is going to matter when we move forward. I honestly don't know. It's getting to a weird point in the season. Warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. All right. The report came out from Shams. Kevin Durant reevaluated in two weeks. The report came out from Woj. Kevin Durant, two to three weeks. The report then came out from the Phoenix Suns. Kevin Durant will be reevaluated in three weeks. So, it got progressively worse. Let's stick with the Suns timeline, hey? They put it out. They're doing the reevaluation. He will be reevaluated in three weeks. It is the 9th of March. Three weeks is 21 days. It's the 30th of March. That's the reevaluation. That gives you nine days left in the regular season. Kevin Durant, I'm sorry to tell you, is a drop. Again, extended bench weekly league? Sure. IL spot? Of course. Roto League, yeah, sit him on your bench. Any fantasy playoff league where that doesn't apply, you can't do it. It's three weeks. Plus. It's plus three weeks. He might get one or two regular season games in. It's unfortunate. It's annoying. It's unbelievably bad luck to watch the way that he did that. Now, the question's going to be, and we'll talk about this a little bit more in the waiver wire ads and drops section of this show, who to add? Because in the past, Josh Okogie was the guy. And then yesterday, when Durant literally did not play, Akogi played like 23 minutes and did nothing. And a lot of people dropped him. I think he's worth grabbing. But also when he there was that little run where Campaign was out and Shamit was out, who's still out, and they were sort of getting adjusted pre or post-trade, he was doing shit that we've never seen Josh Akogi do before. And I was pretty skeptical of it maintaining. He was shooting like 55% from three. He had big usage and big minutes. And I'm not sure that's realistic. But he's worth adding. Like I'd add him over Damian Lee. I'd add him over Tory Craig. But I think what's going to happen is he's, he's going to be a fringy sort of bloke who we stream in and out rather than a must-roster player. But it's worth having a crack at, yeah? What it means is more value for Aiton, more value for Paul, more value for Booker, and then just a bunch of randomness. Terrence Ross becomes into the streaming territory. We saw that yesterday, but definitely not a must-roster. Looks like Isaiah Stewart. Looks like his season is over. Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of flaming galahs. Just wish I just wish these dick noses in Houston would tell us that Boyan not Houston they, well there was them as well those uh, dick noses in Detroit would tell us that Boyan Bogdanovich is out for the season that would be good to know but they haven't told us that but Isaiah Stewart's like four weeks shoulder issue 
So four and a half weeks left in the season. It's done. It's over. He's dropped. We'll talk more about the Pistons later because we had a game from them today. Mo Bamba, similarly, four weeks. That's regular season done. Who of you cared about Mo Bamba to have him on your roster? Probably nobody. So I don't think you need to worry there. But Winyan Gabriel moves into deeper league consideration. The out of the blue news, which when you think about which team it comes from, the team with the most shaky and sketchy injury reporting in the league, the Memphis Grizzlies. Steven Adams was back practicing. Hey, end of the road trip, he'll be there. He'll be fine. What are you talking about? Nah, nothing to see. He'll be fine. Well, he's out four more weeks. So just double the injury recovery timetable. All right, cool. Makes no sense. No one asks any questions. Ignore what's happening here behind the curtain. It's all good. I don't know what the hell happened, but Adams is out for, again, ostensibly, the rest of the regular season. Should we go ahead and just one big jack session? Get that garbage out of here! Bye-bye to Adams. Bye-bye to Stewart. Bye-bye to Bumba. Bye-bye to Durant. We'll talk again about the Pistons in a second when we get to their game. With Adams out, it's Tillman. Second option is um, Aldama. We'll talk about them as well in their game today also. And then, I guess some good news. We don't have any news on Brandon Ingram, so I don't know where that lies. But some good news on Doncic. His MRI was clean. He's going to play when he gets, you know, when he's when the pain subsides. I don't know when that's going to be. They play only one more game this week. I highly, highly doubt that Doncic plays. Do not drop Luka Doncic, please, for the love of God. Do not drop Luka Doncic. But it doesn't appear that that's going to be a significant issue. The others, yeah. They are pretty significant issues, which is a real bummer at this point in the season. We just got smacked with injuries um, now, right now. Annoying. Let's look at the most added players on waiver wires. The number one most added player was <laughs> Mo Wagner. I think it was a good move to add him. Obviously, I thought he was a good stream. But they basically split the minutes with him and Gogo Badadze and then played Paulo Banquero at center. Not that Wagner's line was terrible, it wasn't, but it just wasn't explosive. And it sounds like Wendell Carter will be back for their next game. So you could probably go ahead and drop Mo Wagner. Jim Wiseman, up 18%, putting up some pretty good numbers. I think with the now absence of Stewart, the likely absence of Bogdanovich, Wiseman is going to have 12-team value here rest of the way. Dorian Finney-Smith, well, what a gigantic L that entire Nets game was. We'll talk more about it, but didn't work out particularly well. But what it does mean, I think, is that Finney Smith will be fine to play tomorrow. Well, I thought there might be a risk that he rests there, but I think it'll be okay to play tomorrow. Johnny Kaminga, another one, just a complete piss in your eye. Kaminga, whoa, what a great day this is going to be. And then sprains his ankle in warm-ups, shout out to KD, and he didn't play today either. Kaminga, look, their lineup today, whatever the Warriors, I know what they run, whatever they ran was terrible, and it's not going to stick. So do they go back to Kaminga, or do they go back to Looney in the starting lineup? He's worth at least holding. Jalen Duran up 8%. Well done. Adding the passport legend, I think, was a pretty strong move. Adding Chris Dunn. Another big thumbs up. I don't know what they're going to do at the end of his second 10-day. I think they should sign him rest of season. We haven't heard whether they will. I'm like 85% confident that they will, though. Um, and he's going to be worth it, at least until Sexton returns. Xavier T. Ilman up 7%. Don't worry about how bad it was today. It wasn't that bad, but it's going to be better. And you want to talk about bad, Dante DiVincenzo up 6%. Far out. Dreadful. But hold him until Wiggins comes back. We just This is the randomness that happens. Sometimes around. It's why I also hate, and I've been getting into discussion about this on Twitter with people today. That's why I hate the sleeper game pick mode, because it, it's not a skill to pick which game of the week someone's going to go off. It's not a skill. It's a completely random thing that ruins a matchup. It's not how basketball works and how the NBA works. That's why I hate that format. It was not the wrong move to pick up DiVincenzo. He just shit the bed today. Just a bad game. 
Most dropped players. Number one, um, Stephen Adams. Yeah, absolutely. We're not holding Stephen Adams. Denny Avdia down 13%. Just a schedule stream guy. Drew Eubanks, very clear drop down 13 Here's what I said. Josh Okogi down 11%. Yeah, because he was really bad yesterday. But I'd find it interesting that people saw Durant out and then they decided to drop a Kogi after yesterday's game. That's a little strange to me. I would I would be more inclined. I would go and add him and just see what happens. I'm not that high on him, but I would add him because I think there's a big opportunity there. Dan Gafford down 10%. Their schedule's pretty good rest of week, so maybe that would have been enough to hold on, but I get it. Malik Beasley down nine. Again, a weird time to drop him. They play tomorrow, but he's definitely not must roster. Matisse Thibel, I I wouldn't have dropped him either. Again, you think the people that dropped him were expecting things that were unrealistic. So maybe that's why they dropped him. And then the other one is Lou Dort because, yeah, it's not that good. But they do have a weekend back-to-back. So it's a weird spot to drop him, I think. I think I would have rather just hold on to him and run through that back-to-back, even though he probably shoots 11% across the two games, which is pretty clearly frustrating. Today's episode is brought to you by Better Help. Sometimes when we're dealing with Trivial matters in life, fantasy basketball playoffs, for example, all the big things, work, relationships, financial stress. It can be hard to work out what we want, what we need to do. How do we get the clarity of how to work through our life? And that's where therapy can come in. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process because we're always growing and changing. And getting that self-awareness and deepening your self-awareness is key because sometimes we don't know the tools that we need to cope with the little challenges and the big challenges that life throws at us consistently. BetterHelp helps connect you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. You don't have to go around and find the therapist, go into their office. They just give you a questionnaire. You fill it out and you get matched with a therapist that should meet what you need. And if they don't, you can just change to a new therapist with no additional charge. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com. Slash locked on NBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P dot com slash locked on NBA. Let us go into the games. The first one, the Rockets, the Pacers, an overtime game. The Pacers win at 134, 125, the final score, but really, we're doing this now? Ah, 47 minutes for Jabari Smith. And the reason that me and when we had Mitch Casey on the show in the preseason, he's like, I've got Jabari as my number one rookie. And I went, Mitch, come on. And then I looked and went, far out. I've got him like five spots behind Palo as the number one guy. And we were p- pretty high on him. And he's been terrible. He shot like shot 27% from three or so. He's been terrible. And now we get this. This is the perfect illustration of why we liked Jabari Smith as a fantasy prospect. I had him number three as a real life prospect, but I had him like two as a fantasy prospect for this season. 30 and 12. Three threes, three assists, two steals, a block, seven of nine from the line, 53% from the field, 60% from three. Now, this is obviously very much high-end stuff. He's now top 100 over the last week, pushing closer to the top 150 for the season. He's already 120th in points leagues for the season. It's just great to see the things that you thought he could do. Hit threes, get steals, get blocks, get rebounds, score, come to fruition because he's been lost all season. So, I don't know whether it's going to continue. I have absolutely no idea because if I did, I'd make a lot more money than I do. But that opportunity, he has just a couple of games, flick the switch a little bit, and it happens often for young players at this time of the year. I think you've got to go and grab him if he's on the wire. It'll hurt you. I'm sure it'll hurt you. But I don't think you can let let the risk sit there on the wire. 
Atari Eason played 27 minutes. Not great, but 8 and 10 are still in a block. Absolutely still a 12-team league player, while Jalen Green had 24, 3 and 4 in 42 minutes. It's really frustrating in an overtime game to get 27 minutes out of Eason and 26 minutes out of Shengun. 14 and 8 for Shengun, who did have some foul trouble, but he also got Silas, which yeah, we hate. Kevin Porter Jr. was out, so we got 23 minutes, or 23 points, actually, for KJ Martin with two steals on bad free throws. You know that situation. He's going to hurt your free throws, and he's going to be great for field goals and get some steals and points. That's what he does, and he did it pretty well here. But he does drop off when Porter plays, as does the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate. Even the wild thing's gone well. I can't do much about that. Pretty good game from Tater. 13-8-3 with a block. He's also top 100 over the last week. I'm not falling for it. But if Porter is out, I'd consider him a stream option. Dacian Nix, one of the one of the largest do the least with the most players in the NBA. Shout out to Tony Snell. Six points in 35 minutes on 25% shooting, seven rebounds, two assists. The key in the tanking battle has been playing Dacian Nix minutes. Sorry to this man, but he is just not up to it at all. Yeah, they give him a lot of minutes and I don't really understand it. Jalen Green also had 24... Th- I do understand it. They're trying to lose. Jalen Green had 24, three and four with a steal and a block. But of course... He was horribly, horribly inefficient, 35%. That's what you're going to get with old Jalen Green, the Filipino legend. For the Pacers, Tyrese Halliburton, 38 minutes, 29, 2, and 19. Just an unbelievable game from him. He's been so good all season. Miles Turner fouled out, second consecutive game, so 27 minutes. So that meant that old mate, Tricky Dicky Ricky Carlisle, played two backup centers. Of course he did. Why wouldn't he do that? Jalen Smith played 18 minutes. Two and six with a block. Isaiah Jackson played eight minutes. Zero and three with two blocks. Is the next game the one that Jackson moves back into the full-time role for two games? I don't know. I don't know what to expect with this team or this guy anymore. Aaron Neesmith, whose minutes have been like 20, 20, 20, 21, played 38. Of course he did. Of course he did. 10 and seven, two threes, a steal and a block. That's still not a particularly good game. And I don't think he's a 12 or 14 team league guy, but in what is only common sense in Rick Carlisle's world, Jordan Nwora moved back to the bench and played more minutes, as a consistent pattern this has been. 18 points for Nwora, 23 minutes, two steals, two threes. He's at least on the radar as a 12-team streamer, and I like him as a 14-team league guy. Andrew Nempard continues to do not very much, 14 points in 26 minutes, so I buried the lead here. Benedict Matherin sprained his ankle, and it looked dreadful. And I know I went through Adams and Bumber and Durant and the other one who I can't remember off the top of my head, Isaiah Stewart, saying there after the season, don't be shocked, man. This is it for him. Like That looked horrible. He's already been ruled out by Carlisle for their next two games against the Pistons. I don't... What, I, I know this. You absolutely drop him in every 12-team category league. Absolutely drop him. Not a problem at all. I'll, I'll left-handed jack this one. Get that garbage out of here! Like, get him out of here. He was not worth it anyway. He's not going to play the next two games. And honestly, he's not going to play again. I don't think... Hey, it's a guess. I don't know. But it looked dreadful. Why would they rush him back? So, what does this mean? Chris Duarte, 10 points, two threes, two steals, 24 minutes. Watch list him. Because I do think that there might be a situation here where he plays a consistent 27 minutes. He gets 13 points with two threes and four assists and two steals. Which, by the way, is the role I thought he would have in the preseason. And that's why I would take him in round 12 of every mock draft. Because, hey, getting a couple of steals and a couple of threes and 14 points is pretty bloody good. Now, of course, he was worse than anticipated. They just didn't play him at all to begin the year. Now, that was a terrible flyer draft pick. But I reckon we might actually, it might actually come good here. Bud Heald was strong, 17-6 and six, with two steals and two blocks as well. Shout out to the big fella, Buddy. Let's go to the next game. The Charlotte Hornets and the Detroit Pistons. Um, is Ohio Mark now Obi Mark? Ohio Mark. 
Um, I didn't do it. I did not. Mark Williams sprained his thumb, returned to the game, and then didn't return to the game. So I don't know what that means. I, I know that it, he's not going to play most likely in their game on Saturday. He probably won't play Sunday. And then as we discussed earlier today on the Mailbag Show with Kingy, they play two games next week. So I'd probably like to wait to find out what the status is. But if he is ruled out of Saturday, you can drop Mark Williams. We love what Mark Williams does, but an injury moving into a two-game week is not worth it. And it's where you've got to decide whether picking up Big Dick Nick Richards is worth it. Because Richards for a Saturday-Sunday back-to-back, if he plays 30 minutes a night, man, we love it, we froth it. We're so all about that. But the long-term value is non-existent. Two games next week, you don't want anything to do with that in 12-teamers. But I don't mind the ad now. With two more games left this week for Richards, that is a strong ad. Just don't expect anything more after that. Um, Rogier, 21-6-9, two steals, two blocks. Thank you. Ubre, 27-4-2 with four threes. The... Volume of this guy is just insane to me. Well, Gordon Hayward stunk. 2-5-6, Don't drop him. Again, you can look at two games next week, which you should, but there's two more games this week for them. Once we get through Sunday's action, then we can go ahead and wholesale drop Ubre's and Haywoods and Smiths and these guys. Probably not Rogier and Williams and Richards. You can go ahead and drop them then. Um, deeper leagues, you might want to look at Kai Jones for the backup center role across the weekend if Williams is out. He had four and three with a steal on a block. He can be, despite being what I think is a bad NBA player, he can actually put up some good fantasy numbers. And I also think PJ Washington is someone to watch. 20 and five with two steals and three blocks. He should see a bump in his production. Now, onto this Detroit Pistons disaster of a squad. They decided that in his return from a like one game absence, Killian Hayes would come off the bench and play 19 minutes. Yeah. Cool. Because why wouldn't you do that when you've got the opportunity to play Corey Joseph 24 minutes? You've got to take that opportunity every single moment. What's that? Corey Joseph didn't start? Oh, they must have put another young gun starter in his place. You're right, they did. It was Rodney Magruder who had nine points in 21 minutes. Sink it in. Right, just bathe in it. 21 minutes for Rodney Magruder. 24 minutes for Corey Joseph. 19 minutes for Killian Hayes. Now, am I saying Killian Hayes played well? No, because he went one point on over six shooting, which is a shit house. He still had five assists and a steal. But I don't know what to make of this rotation. Much like Marvin Bagley, who started and played 21 minutes. Now, I know that he's bad. He had six and three in one of the most Bagleys you'll ever see. No threes, no assists, no steals, no blocks. But his son, Marvin Bagley IV, James Wiseman, was pretty good. Except he Marvin Bagley did. 16 and 13 with no threes, no assists, no steals. He did have a block, though. This is the sort of player that Wiseman and Bagley are. Points, rebounds, need big volume, need big minutes to put up good numbers. Now, Wiseman played significantly better than Bagley. He is a better player than Bagley. And he is a guy that I would have on my 12-team roster for now. And Bagley's okay, but what do, what do we get out of him? Like, what, what do we get here? 21 minutes, 30 minutes, 20 and 10, 6 and 2. It's inconsistent because he's not good. That's the problem with these players. We got the return of the passport legend, and of course, he came off the bench. I don't mind him coming off the bench for at least one game. If they keep him in a bench role so these other two dickwads can start, no offense to the blokes, but the, nothing personal against him. It's more personal against the front office and the coach. Um, if he comes off the bench behind these guys, I'm just going to lose my mind. I'm not, because I don't care about the Pistons. That's how irrelevant they are, but it's just frustrating. Drew was good finder. Eight and nine, a block, aggressive. I'd add him. Surely, surely he's the guy they want starting, but you never know. Jaden Ivey, 16 and 6, two blocks, 32 minutes, pretty strong game, apart from the fact that he shot 29%. And Isaiah Livers, I don't quite think he's a 12 team league ad, 
but I'm not ruling it out. 31 minutes, 13-5-2. Now, a lot of it hinges on what is actually happening with Bogdanovich, which I don't know. And I'm not sure I'll ever know until they finally say in three weeks' time, oh, yeah, he's actually not playing again. Probably should have told you that, guys, back in start of March. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. It feels like where it's going. Livers is definitely a 14-team league ad, and he's just sneaking up to be a 12-team league option. Just sneaking up. Not quite there yet, but we're getting close. And if you wanted to take a crack, especially in a schedule-positive situation, which is a term I just made up, then it makes a bit of sense to me. Corey Joseph had 17-3-3, and despite how bad he is, despite the nonsense of playing him, if, if old mate Dwayne Casey is going to play Corey Joseph these minutes, then he is a deeper league ad. The, the interesting thing is last season, they stopped playing Joseph down the stretch. Now they're saying, all right, it's time for us to lose. Let's play more Corey Joseph. Which one of those is more accurate? I think this year's version might be more accurate. RJ Hampton also... Played well early, 8.17 minutes, but the fact that he's playing the fewest minutes out of everyone on this team, so that Magruder and Joseph, the lowest minutes went to Hampton and Hayes, which shows you Dwayne Casey. It, it just, it does. It shows you Dwayne Casey. Today's episode is brought to you by Fangel. The, this thing says it's the midway point of the NBA season. It's wrong. I'm sorry, Fangel. We're not doing that. It's towards the end of the NBA season, but the money money time is coming. It's the playoffs. We're right around the corner, and it's the perfect time to download Fangel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the Fangel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use, and you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and three-pointers drained. We've got a game tomorrow between the Nuggets and the Spurs. Could be an absolute barn burner. And the Nuggets are somehow only 12-point favorites. I think they win that by 30. So go ahead and have a look at that one. Plus, Fangio even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanjulecom slash locked on. That's fanjulecom slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with Fangio, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. The Utah Jazz, the Orlando Magic. The Jazz win it, 131-124, the final score. Good for them. Um, Marketing, 34 minutes, 31-5-2 with 3-3. It's just chugging along. There was no Jordan Clarkson in this game. So we had Oshai Abaji starting, and he had 14 points with four threes, which looks like last season's old mid-lottery, sort of lottery bust Corey Kispert. Basically the same player. I don't think that Abaji is anything more than a very deep league fantasy guy. Walker Kessler, though, is he's dominating. Again, 13 and 10, three blocks. He had three blocks in about the first four minutes of this game. He's really good. So is Chris Dunn at the moment, which is great to see from a lottery bust, putting together a good late season renaissance. 12 and 9, or late career renaissance. 12 and 9, four assists, three steals, and a block. I have no idea what happens when Sexton returns. They might not even have Dunn on the roster, but for now, we go with it. Horton Tucker was still also good. 23 points, 8 assists, 2 threes, 56% shooting. Both of these guys are 12-team league players. Well, Olenek was, was all right. Nothing terrible, nothing great. 10, 5, and 7, and still should be rostered. For those of you in deep leagues, Damian Jones got the backup center role ahead of Azabuke, while Johnny Jujang, the legend, had three points in 12 minutes. Fontecchio had probably his best game as well. He has not been able to shoot at all this season, but 17 points on 71% is good with three steals. I don't really care too much about that. For the Magic, like I said, Wendell Carter was out, but I think he's going to be back next game. They played Mo Wagner 23 minutes, 11 and 6 in a steal. It's totally adequate. It's not what you wanted. You'd hope 31 minutes, but that's totally adequate. They split the minutes almost evenly between him and Goga, which is something we warned about. Goga had two blocks, but horrendous percentages. And they went with Paolo at center quite a bit. 
And Paolo had 26 and 8, but guess what? He was bad from the free throw line and a little bit below average from the field. Same shit as always. 26, 8, and 2 for Bunkero. France had 24 points, but not a lot else supporting him there. But how about the big one from the big fella, Jalen Suggs? 30 minutes, 17, 3, and 6 with two steals. Love what he did. Thought he played really well. I am not in a position to trust it. Just go back literally one game to look at his production. It was dreadful. But interesting that he got 30 minutes while Gary Harris got 30 minutes and Cole Anthony got 22. And the guy with the fewest minutes is Bol, who is still rostered in 20% of 12-team leagues for a reason I do not understand. Suggsy is a 12-team streamer. Gaz Harris is a 14-team streamer, maybe even 12. But good lines from both of those guys. Michael Fultz continues to be really, really strong. 25-3-6 and six in 32 minutes for him. While not much else happening there. Cole Anthony, again, so inconsistent. But his next game, he might have 20 points on seven shots. We know how it goes with him. And that's his role is... I say his role secure. It's not. It's all over the place. He's going to play minutes, but he's at 20 or 29. And it makes it frustrating to try and take that, that flyer on him as often as we probably need to. Next game was a blowout. The Grizzlies handled the Warriors 131-110. On the early fan duel reads today, I said, hey, what's going on? Why do they keep making the Warriors favorite on the road? And they keep getting smacked. Again, it happened. For the Warriors, they decided to start small with Draymond at center and start four guards. Clay, DiVincenzo, Poole, and Curry. I thought Poole was horrendous. Minus 33. Defensively, he was cooked. At least he scored well, 22-3-4, but he was shit house. I thought otherwise. While Steph had 29-7-4. Clay also not much better than Poole. 14 points, and we talked about him on the buy-low sell-high, saying, hey, he's going to drop off, yeah? Like, this shooting is not going to stick, and it has absolutely burnt you. It's burnt you bad, hasn't it? And DiVincenzo, this is a disaster. 2-2 two and two in 21 minutes. He's been much better than this, quite obviously, and I would still hold him until Wiggins returns. But in a game without Wiggins, in a game without Kaminga, he plays 21 minutes. That's yuck. Looney only played 19 minutes. I think they're going to go back to either Looney or Kaminga next game, but Looney's just a rebound specialist. He had seven of them. He doesn't do enough to make himself a must roster player. While Ty Jerome, old milk himself, had 11, 2, and 3 with 3 threes. He's only got four more games left, though, on his uh, two-way contract. We'll see if they convert him or Anthony Lamb. No uh, no word either way on that at the moment. For the Grizzlies, of course, there was no Stephen Adams or Jar Morant or Brandon Clark. Tyus Jones was great. 22, 4, and 11 with three steals. And I, I can't be- believe how many times I've said this season. If you're in a strong position, you're in a roto league, stashing Tyus Jones is great. When Jar plays, there's no value in it. But if something happens to Jar, little did I know Jar was going to go full Scarface. But if something happens to Jar, you got yourself a top 60 player. I hope there is at least one person watching this that was in that strong position and said, you know what? I am going to luxury stash Tyus Jones all season because now you're basically unbeatable. If you had like a, a number one or number two seed team in the head-to-head playoffs and you were able to stash Tyus Jones, uh, it's unbeatable. Unless you had Kevin Durant, of course, and just lost him. Or Doncic or Ingram or one of the other big name players or Giannis, who's out this week, which is cool. Um, yeah, but he was great. Jaron had 21 and 9 with three threes, and Des Bain 21, 2 and 6. So good numbers all around there. Wasn't so good for the cashier, Xavier T. Ilman, 22 minutes, but he had foul trouble. He had like three fouls really early, 10 and 8 with a steal. So if you added him, I would hold there. But the guy that benefited was Santi Aldama, 30 minutes, 15 and 7 with three threes. Their center depth is literally non existent. It's Jaron and Tillman. So if Jaron plays at center, that means Aldama's going to have play more at the four. Now, they'll play some minutes of David Roddy, who I just don't think is up to it at all at this stage. Then We haven't got two minutes of uh, Kenny Lofton in this game. Zaire Williams isn't really a four. Their forward depth is pretty rough. So there is minutes here for Santi to at least push into like 14-team league value with this absence to both Adams and Clark. Don't expect 30 a night, but, you know, something. 35 minutes for Brooksy, 14-4-6. 
a bunch of insufferable antics on the court, as always. A triple one, he shot 40%, but honestly, it wasn't that bad of a game from Brooks, which is the highest form of flattery that I can offer him. This next game, honestly, I don't know what to do with this next game. The Nets and the Bucks, Milwaukee 118, Brooklyn 113. The Nets just said, we don't care. We honestly don't care about this game. We rested Dinwiddie, Claxton, Cam Johnson, Royce O'Neal. And then they started a combination of Seth Curry, Joe Harris, Mikhail Bridges, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Nerlens Noel. And not one of those players played over 18 minutes. So they soft-rested them. What was the point? So that people could say, look at Mikhail Bridges, guys. He never rests. He's never buying into the load management. The bullshit that is propagated by fake modern science. He's never doing that. So why did he play 12 minutes? He would just tell them he's playing through everything. So why did he play 12 minutes? So that he could perpetuate that he's an Ironman that never misses a game and doesn't need to rest? What was the point of it? What's the point of this? 11 minutes for Seth Curry, 11 minutes for Finney Smith, 10 minutes for Joe Harris, 18 minutes for Nerlens Noel, and then we just got like 31 minutes for Paddy Mills, 26 minutes for Cam Thomas, 22 minutes by an NPC by the name of Drew Smith, 30 minutes for Dayron Sharp. And what does this mean? Honestly, nothing. Not a single thing. Because tomorrow, Mikhail Bridges is going to play his usual minutes. Finney Smith's minutes will bump up. Dinwiddie will be back. Claxon will be back. Cam Johnson will be back. Royce O'Neal will be back. I don't know if Seth Curry or Joe Harris will play, but they played 20 minutes combined today. So I reckon they'll be okay. And all of this production from um, from Drew Smith and David Duke. What should I change? He's the one who sucks. And Dayron Sharp is going to mean nothing. Even Cam Thomas who had 21 points, didn't even start the game, started the second half, and did what he does, 21 points with not much else. But is he even going to play a single second tomorrow? I don't know. Or are they going to try, treat tomorrow look again like a weird rest day where Harrison Curry don't play and then Dinwiddie comes in and plays five minutes? I, I, I don't have any understanding of what they're going to do, which is shit because they had three games in four nights in the best schedule for the rest of the week and it's been completely dicked over. Because there's no way that we're looking at Yuta Watanabe playing 29 minutes a night for the other two games this week. There's no way we're looking at Drew Smith as a cheeky option scoring 17 in 22 minutes. I just don't think any of it's going to happen. So we can look at this, and I've spoken about it for too long. I don't think there's anything to take away whatsoever. I think Bridges will play tomorrow, and Finney Smith will play tomorrow, and everyone else will come back, and it will be just a regular rotation for the Nets. The Bucks were once again without Yanni. Giannis and Tokatomatu. Oh! So Bobby Portis went crazy. 28 and 13 with three threes. Fantastic, Bobby. Now we know you can play the minutes. So next time if you play 18, it's because we, they don't want you in the rotation that much. And when Giannis is there, that's that's the situation. Great value for now. Long term, it's not really there. Well, how about the big fella, Brook Lopez? Holy shit. 24 and 10, almost a triple-double because he had nine blocks. He hit three threes and shot 50% from the field. 20 attempts. Just an amazing, amazing season from Brook Lopez. There's been some peaks and troughs, but it's been great. Chris Middleton started. He'll continue to do that, which is awesome. But he didn't shoot well, 26%. 11-7-7 and 7 is fine. 29 minutes is all right as well. While Drew returned and had 11-3-7. But just, again, a weird game. Grayson Allen, 19 points, three threes, two steals. I love that. But even in games that Drew is out or Giannis is out, we can't trust that. He's a streamer for threes who occasionally has the good game. While Javon Carter... Talked about the most inconsistent man in the world. Five points on 17% shooting. Him and Jay Crowder are going to have a Gattuso off. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Five points, four assists, two steals, 17% shooting for Javon. As for Crowder, 6 and 11 in 20 minutes. We're not looking at him as a 12-teamer. He's a 14-teamer, so his 
uh, Carter, while Connaughton's like a 16-team league guy at this point. But yeah, the Giannis absence impacts so much things, so many things. Plus, whatever the hell was going on with the opponent in that game. Now, normally, I'd be doing the last game of the night now, but I'm not going to be able to do that tonight because I do have to head out. And if I waited until that last game finished, we're we're about got a quarter to go of that game at the moment. Um, Then the show just wouldn't come out for hours. And that's just not going to be any use to. So I had a quick look over the box score. There's not a huge amount happening there. One thing that is interesting is the sell high slump has really hit Emmanuel quickly. Zero points so far in 20 minutes, despite starting the second half. Malik Monk got a little bit hot in the second half as well. But not anything majorly interesting from a fantasy perspective, I don't think. So I'm not going to go through that. I'm not going to do the lines of the night because I do have to head out. So I do, again... Uh, apologize for the lack of coverage here on that last game, but sometimes stuff happens. Follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.